swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. So welcome back, everybody. We got your centers today. We did left wings. We did right wings. Now we're doing centers. It's the 22nd right now, one week away from listener leagues. The, the registration on that is going to close August 29th. So if you guys want to get in, Sub up the Patreon at the $2 a month level with all proceeds going to Mental Health America. We donate everything there. Or you can hit me up with a screenshot of you donating $25 to a charity of your choice. So just show me the receipt. You're in the listener leagues. Call it a day. Something for a good cause. Have a little fun while we're at it. Uh, you guys can hit us up on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can bitch about these rankings. Who do we get too high? Who do we get too low? Whatever you guys want to say. And we got the Fantasy Hockey Discord that you're more than welcome to join. Let's get into it here. No real news. Am I forgetting anything? Like, did anything happen? I don't think anything like big happened. Not that I know of. I'm sorry. I'm deep in like. Yeah, we're recording on a Monday, so the Monday mocks. I'm searching the bowels of this mock draft. I couldn't do the mock. My son is sick as shit, running like a 104 fever, having just a terrible time. So I sat out the mock, but you guys are in the depth of it. So I'm gonna bring us in. Uh, the way we would get, get better, Desi. Get better, buddy. The way we yeah. did this one is uh, guys that are centers. Uh, there's a couple guys in here. JT Miller, you know, did a little bit of wing. Uh, Elias Pettersson, depending on who you ask, is a left winger. Erroneous. He's a center. He spent 75% of this year at center, spent uh, 95% of his career at center. So we're calling him a center. Stuff like that. Who else do we got that's kind of dual? Dry side will play some left wing. Oh, yeah, when they stack it, he's on the wing sometimes, but yeah, he's a center. He's a center. So that's the way we're going to do it. Each of us made a list up to 25. We averaged them together, and we came up with a consensus top 10 centers here. Number one is Connor McDavid. What? Yeah, right? Hot takes. How could you guys? No, it's Connor McDavid. It's not a very scarce position, though, so why would you take him first overall? Hmm. She would stop saying scarce. <laughs> Fuck it, I hate that word. Positional <laughs> scarcity is the term <laughs> of the offseason, man. Sure is. Uh, Connor McDavid, any draft you're in, Cats, Points, Roto, Dynasty, whatever. McDavid should be number one overall. But I feel like that might be some other people's takes, too. I don't want to get in trouble. For what? Having Connor McDavid number one. I mean, other people are going to say that, too, so... I don't want to copy off anybody. Exactly. I don't know. Like, what what is there to say about Connor McDavid that hasn't been said? He should be drafted first overall. Like, if we're doing all positions, he's still top of the list. Let's leave it at that. Number two, out of the three of us, we had uh, Austin Matthews ranked second. Zach, you and me had him at number two. Raj, you had him at number four. So take her away. What in the fucking world? Yeah. Uh, what's up? Well, where do you want to start? Uh, I mean, Dreisaitl's clearly the second best center. Um, 
He's been the second best fantasy center last year, the year before that, and the year before that he was first. So not a super hot take to say he's the second best. Um, but but number four, though, you know? Edmonton got way better as well. Um, and I just, I honestly, I had McKinnon and Dreisaitl um, ahead of him. Obviously, Matthews is fucking incredible. I just, it, I, I, even if he stays the same, I just see those other two uh, edging him out. Even if he stays the same, he scores, he can score 60 goals. I know, and he still didn't beat Dreisaitl. He can score 60 goals. You have a 60-goal scorer at number four. Yes. Like, I have a little bit of a problem with that, especially when it's my boy Austin Matthews. Like, that's hard to believe. And 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 don't get me wrong. I have Leon Dreisaitl right there at number three. Like, and for me, he's like, Right, like he's right behind, but he is behind. Dreisaitl like, did score, score 55. He scored 55. Yeah, I mean, it's super close. I'm taking Austin Matthews every every single time. Yeah, I don't think that's like terrible or anything, but I just think Dreisaitl, he's beat Austin Matthews every year of their careers so far, and I think that's going to keep going. Now, what about McKinnon, man? I just, I, you know, ahead of him, if we're talking about did better, McKinnon here was, in our leagues, close to 100 points less than Austin Matthews. I'm trying to figure this out here. Uh, the only reason I put him ahead, I just think he hasn't had his best regular season yet. I'm way more afraid of that pick than I am of the Dreisaitl. Like, I could honestly flip-flop those two, but I do expect just McKinnon. I mean, he did just win the Cup, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to take this season off. Uh, I just I sense a big season coming from McKinnon. He hasn't had a huge regular season yet. Um, I don't think we've seen his best. I, th- I think the reason I have Austin Matthews is is close to the same. Like I don't think we've seen his best season, so that's why I've got him ahead of Drysaddle. Uh, the goals, the shots are there. I think you know with this year coming, Toronto might be what, what's Matthews got? Two years left on his contract. Like they've got to get something done. Dubis is probably under their ass. Um, you know, this has got to be the year. And you you almost feel like a broken record saying it, but what did Matthews do last year? He broke the 60-goal threshold. As soon as he scored goal number 60, his eyes were set on 65. So, like, he's going to hit 60 again. He almost went a goal per game this year. And <laughs> I really don't think that that's, that's over. You know, I don't think it was a fluke. I think he's going to do it again. I think we got 60 goals right here. And, you know, similar, I heard what you were saying between the lines a little bit is like, you know, it's not a knock against any of the guys who are behind it because this is like, you know, Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid, but then you get into Matthews, Dreisaitl, McKinnon. You know, you're going to surprise some people if you take McKinnon number two overall, but like, you know, if you take Matthews, you take Dreisaitl. At this point, it's just a point of preference. Which one do you think is going to do better? Dreisaitl, like you said, has had this year over year. He's been beating Matthews in many fantasy formats but uh i don't know the the same reasons you're saying about dry like or mckinnon rather that he's going to take off this year i think matthews is going to do it too so i like him here at number two dry at three mckinnon at four zach you and i have the both we have the same top four here i know you did yours first and i couldn't i i did mine because i agreed you know what i mean i really to me that is my my top four mcdavid matthews then Dreisaitl right behind him. And McKinnon's great. Like, don't get me wrong. I love that line. There's, we are always splitting here hairs here on like the, especially like top fives. 
and top five centers are so deep. It's the deepest position in the league. Uh, I mean, and I would put, you know, left wing right behind that. But centers, there are so many top top tier centers. You know what I mean? My number 10 is, you know, a, a really fantastic player. Like, you know. I think the top five, as far as full drafts go, you know, for me, it's it's McDavid, Matthews, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Kucherov. That's my top five. Yeah. For any, you know, any draft. Even in Cats Leagues, what you're looking at, the top couple rounds, power play points and goals, those are the ones that you're hunting for in the top round, in my opinion. Unless you can find somebody that does it all, like a Brady Kachuk, if you're at the end, you know, if, if hits Pim's shots are, are the Cats that you want. But uh, my top five is set in stone. I've been hearing a lot of Kale McCarr at five. I've seen Kale McCarr at three, which I think is ridiculous. Oh my God. Taking over Austin Matthews. I just, uh, you know, positional scarcity means something. Something. But 65 goals, that's pretty scarce too. So betting on something that hasn't happened since Al McInnes, it hasn't happened in, in what, 30 years? It just doesn't 100 happen. point defenseman. You can't bet in the first round. Sorry, PJ. In the, right. in the round, in the draft we just did today, he went number 14 overall. Who's that? McCarr. Kale McCarr. No. And I and I, I will say this. I was surprised that he slipped that low. I thought he was going to go in the late first. I would shit my but brains. He actually he actually went to uh he went 14. And That's I was a insane. little surprised. He won't go 14 ever again. I don't think. Yeah, what happened? I was surprised. I what happened? I couldn't believe he was slipping. And then Raj didn't pick him either. I couldn't believe it. No. That's that's insane. All right, so our top four as a group, we have uh, McDavid one, Matthews two, Drysaddle three, McKinnon four. We go right into JT Miller at five. And this one has a heavy category slant or banger slant to it. You know, Raj, you and me had him at five. Barkov, Zach, you had number five. I had Barkov at six. Uh, Raj, you had him down at eight. So let's talk Miller. Let's talk Barkov right now. Last year was a great year, obviously, but I mean, we're talk- we're calling him a banger at ninety nine points. Uh, <laughs> so he's uh, yeah. I mean, the points are there too. Yeah, that's the nice thing about him is he's pretty safe in any format. But yeah, when you throw in hits, I mean, he was over well over two hits a game is a given. Yeah, he's he's just fantastic in pretty much any format. Power the Canucks get tons of power play points as well. So, and now he's dual eligible as well, right? Because he's he's more of a, he's always played center. He was even when PD was the center, Miller was the center essentially, the faceoff uh, guy. Yeah. So now he's got the center and left wing eligible, uh, which is which is great, especially for a a high end player like this to be dual eligible. Like that's huge. Like that's one of the bummers about centers is a lot of the elite centers are straight C, which is obviously you still take McDavid first overall, but it is a nice little bonus when you can have your number one center be movable. Oh shit, I'm up here. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, like I had. Barkov at number five and JT Miller at number seven, which is where you guys had him at number five. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You could probably talk me into switching those out or, or putting them one down. Like Miller is fantastic, but I will say this. I do really love that addition of Matt Kachuk on that top line of, mm-hmm. um, of Florida and the spot that he fills. You know, I, I think that he's going to take that Huberdu spot on the power play. So I, I really like the whole team they put together with losing Huberdeau and and actually getting losing a bunch of other 
a bunch of other players as well. We've gone over that extensively already. So I think that they're going to be really top-heavy this year. It's not going to be as much of a top six. I don't like that second line as much as I know you guys do. Um, I think Sam Bennett has something to prove. But Barkov is a, you know, is a top five player to me. The stats behind him, too. I mean, you can't really go wrong, especially, you know, if you're if you're getting as deep into, you know, face off leagues and stuff like that. Barkov's value just kind of skyrockets at that rate. So, you know, what, what, what was he at? He was at like four shots a game almost. He Like his shots have just shot up over the last couple of years. Let's see a three and a half. Uh, last year, 3.2 this year. So we're getting over three shots a game. Man, 108-point pace. There's, yeah, you can't go wrong with this. What I love most about that acquisition for him, for Matt Kachuk, is it's not like him and Huberto didn't really have too much to do with each other except for on the power play. They weren't really playing with each other that much. So he's losing a second-line li- second winger that didn't really play with him that much for a first-line right winger to go alongside him in Matt Kachuk. And that's why I like it, because he's just getting a better line out of the deal. So I actually think Barkov's going to have a great season. I think so, too. Uh, and again, we're, we're splitting hairs here. JT Miller, Alexander Barkov, This is it's a pretty close match for me. I had him at five and six. Uh, Raj, you had Barkov below Sidney Crosby, which who, who I had just after Barkov. And Jack Eichel, I think you're the highest on Jack Eichel out of any of us. I am. That's that's true. Uh, I just I loved what I saw when he started to click with Marsha. So I just I really loved that, and the whole team kind of crumbled around them, and it was it was such a disaster there. I think it got overlooked a little bit how much he did find some chemistry and he did find some production towards the end. So yeah, I do like Eichel. This whole area right here of centers to me is when you see like how deep center is because, I mean, you go all the way down. We still got like, you know, eight more spots to get into guys like Lindholm who was, you know, look at the season he just had and we've got him not like barely in the top 15. So yeah, this whole area from like seven or even six down to like 15 is really tight for me. Yeah, we're looking at like 16 point per game guys here. Uh, you know, Rupi Hintz coming real close at 17 for us as a collective. Robert Thomas, Anze Kopitar behind him. Center is very deep. It's very deep. If you're inside the top four, you do get that elite center and you can fade centers till a little bit later. Like you were talking, Trocek is going in the 10-11 range. I think you got Malkin in the 10-11 range. There's guys in the 10-11 range, uh, 10-11 round range where... You know, you can you can get your two C. Even guys at the end of the draft, Philip Deneau, you know, there's there's guys. There's they're out there. I just put him on my queue. Whoops. All right. Our consensus so far. Number one, Connor McDavid, two, Austin Matthews, Drysidle, McKinnon, Miller, Barkov, Crosby. We all have Crosby in and around the number seven spot. That's exactly where I had him. Uh Zach, you had him at number six. Raj, you had him at number six. So you guys are higher on Sidney Crosby than I am, you know, by default, it's one spot. But my biggest, uh, I guess, argument for Sidney Crosby is that he's done it year over year. And this isn't the year that the wheels are going to fall off. You know, Pittsburgh, they're coming back with the same crew. Maybe they lost like an Evan Rodriguez, you know, Mike Matheson, but you're not touching the players that Sidney Crosby is going to be on the ice with. So everybody that he knows is going to be there again. This is another year of Sidney Crosby, you know, playing with point per game. 
too into Sidney Crosby stuff, it's it's hard not to really be on top of him. As much as part of me is always going to hate Sidney Crosby, that's the thing. He's still Sidney freaking Crosby, and he's still going to go out there and do it. Like, he has shown no sign of, like, that he just doesn't have it anymore. Like, he keeps yeah. on scoring points. He's fantastic with the puck. He's a great distributor. And he has no problem giving the puck up for better chances for Jake Gensel and Brian Russ and stuff like that. Like, he's still Sidney freaking Crosby. And as, much, as much as I hate him, I would love to have him on my fantasy team. You know what's nice about these uh, these guys that we've been talking about, Raj? You touched on uh, Jonathan March. So, you know, we're talking about Sidney Crosby here and Ricard Raquel might be his winger if Brian Rust does wind up with the line two positioning there's a lot of like third wheels here sidecar guys that are just so valuable later in the draft i think raquel could have a you know a pretty good year alongside crosby and gensel jonathan marches so if he winds up on a line with jack eichel if that's what bruce cassidy chooses to do jonathan marches so might be one of the biggest values of the draft for sure like, i don't i don't know where he went in in this draft you guys are in right now but man his adp is super friendly if he's going to be next to uh you know, Eichel, and I can only imagine Stone. I actually took Jonathan Marchessault because I also took Mark Stone. What round? Uh, give me a second. I'm picking right now, and I will tell you. Uh, Zach got him in the 10-7. Ten, ten yeah, the the 10th round, man, is just, there's so much nice. value. Nice, that sounds like I did a good job. 127th yeah, I like overall, that. for sure. 127, that's, that's great. So, love uh, you, that. One um, thing you mentioned about Crosby, like this not being the year the wheels fall off, I don't think he's the kind of player where it's ever just going to fall off. Like he'll be good forever, but he'll just kind of gradually slow down a bit. I don't, I don't see his game just disappearing ever. So I think he he'll can, never be a forty point guy. He can just draw his trajectory slowly down from here out, but I don't think it's like all of a sudden he's going to hit a wall or anything like that ever, really. But the whole right. thing is we've, we've literally seen him, you know, just his way of playing completely change from when he was younger to the way he plays now and how he gets points as opposed to how he got points then. It's a different way. So, like, his game is changing along with it, and he's figuring out how he can score at this, you know, at this stage of his career. And he does it, you know, with more, you know, kind of dirty area goals and stuff like that and tip-ins. And I, I I, trust him. I trust him to score points. He'll do it. And Jake Gensel is really good. Yeah. He is. Great winger. Uh, number eight, we have Sebastian Ajo. I feel like we had a lot. So far, this list is tit for tat my list. So our consensus is going pretty Pretty in line with where we have it. Uh, Sebastian Ajo for you, Raj, was 12. I think so, too. Um, and number nine for Zach. So Sebastian Ajo, I mean, we're, we're betting on point per game here. We're betting on um, Carolina at this point. You know, Sebastian Ajo, what did he have? 40-some-odd goals. Uh, again, that's what you're looking for in the top couple rounds. This is a guy that's going to score you goals. 37, uh, 37 goals. This past year, almost three shots a game, 28 power play points. That's exactly what you want. He's been going pretty consistently in the second and third rounds. Solid pick. I just really want him to get over 20 minutes time on ice. And Rod Frindem, Rod friggin' Brindamar isn't about that life. He's just not. He's just not. So, like, he's going to stick around, unfortunately, that, you know, 19-minute mark probably. And I, I could only imagine nothing is really going to change with that. 
But man, I would love to see what he could do with, you know, 20, 21 minutes time on ice. Be sick. He would hit 40, no problem. 40 goals. And he's been flirting with it. He had 38 in 1920, 37 this past year. He's gonna he's gonna touch 40 at some point. Maybe this is the year. All right, behind Sebastian Aho, we had Mika Zabenajad. Now we covered him in the uh the New York preview, and I brought up that his hits kind of disappeared. I'd love to see him come back because I'd love to see you know him be that multi-cap monster that that we that we you know grew to love. But uh Raj, you had Zabenajad here at number nine, same as me. Zach, you had him at number eight. Let's hear it, boys. I just love uh wrong word. I think the Rangers are gonna do great. Um, I don't love them at all, but they're such an exciting team. And I think Zabinajad, I don't know. I I've still feel like he's always overperforming no matter what he does, but it's been a, a lot of years of him being very good now. So I finally, I think I believe it. Yeah, like I said, just like top six is so tight there. The power play is going to be just killer. I think they're going for like a run and gun style so I think there's going to be tons of offense. I, I think I think he's pretty pretty reliable, you know, top 10 center absolutely. I'm right there with you. Um you know, one thing about this year, he was he was point per game. He he did better than he did last year. Uh the shots went down, the hits went down. Uh those are a little bit concerning, but you know, 2 years ago he was shooting three and a half times a game, over three and a half times a game. This year under 3. So there is that there is that ceiling. Well, what's concerning is now that they have a Panarin, now that they have a second line, they don't need to lean on this top line as much. So that 108-point pace season that he was having, 75 points in 57 games, he was playing over 21 and a half minutes a night. Two minutes of that is gone. So I think the ceiling is capped from that like 100-point ceiling, but you know, 85, 90 is not out of the question. Those hits could come back. I think it's only like two out of the last five years that he's been under a hit a game. Well, it's still two out of the last three, which is more concerning than two two out of five. But um, yeah, those those hits could come back. And he's really not shooting as much as he was back then either. But that's the whole thing that we've kind of liked about the direction that the New York Rangers are moving in. Their young core is like, this is the kind of like the step up here where we're all kind of actually expecting a real step forward for their young for their young team. Like, you know, your Capo Cacos, your Lafreniers, who is likely going to be playing on that top line. You know what I mean? Zabanishad is counting on that young talent to take a step forward. And you're right, he's not going to get as many shots on goal. He's not going to get as much time on ice because they're going to be trying to do more of a top six as a photo as opposed to a loaded top line. And I gotta say, I think Trocheck is an upgrade over Ryan Strom on the power play too. So, you know, any regression that might be coming, I'm not going to say that Trocek's going to wash it all out, but uh, he's he's definitely going to soften the blow a little bit. And 28 power play points for Mika Zibanejad, 15 of them goals. That's impressive. More than half of his power play points were goals. And, uh, you know, the shooting percentage stayed right in line with his averages. That career year, he was shooting close to 20. So anybody would have bet on regression, uh, you know, point per game, uh, I think it's, it's pretty much... That's in the cards for him next year again. That was our number nine. Jack Eichel was our number 10. I had him right at 10. Zach, you had him 11. Raj, you had him at seven. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about Jack Eichel, but uh, send it a little further. 
Well, like I said, I like just he showed the chemistry. He showed his like comfort level coming back after that injury. Vegas was just a disaster, an absolute internal disaster last year, except for that. And I think that uh, I'm just going to take Pod Colson since he's the best winger on the Canucks. That's my last pick. It's true. I, I heard that from a professional. Um, yeah, I just, I really like that. And I mean, that on top of the fact that, I mean, he, when he was trying to get out of Buffalo, he said, uh, you know, he he didn't write out and out say it, but he heavily lent on the fact that he feels like he's an elite center in the league and wants to prove it. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can, he's going to do it this year. So I think number 10, maybe I got a little excited putting up at seven. Was that milk? No. Thank God. <laughs> White Russian. There's ICT. Oh, God. I don't know if you people know what ICT is, but it's delicious. Zach's drinking out of a gallon. It's no, no. Okay, so it's the end of the gallon. <laughs> like, there's just a little bit fucking left. So what's so what's the point of, you know what I mean? What's the point of dirtying a glass if there's literally only, like, a little bit left in the bottom of the gallon? That's why so I had yes, to make I'm sure. I'm just going to drink out of the gallon. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't milk. I don't buy iced tea by the four liter jug usually. <laughs> or sorry, is that a gallon well, in? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah a it's a gallon in America. So it's a three, gallon jug. Three point six liters. Come on. Okay. Uh, Jesus, Rod. Ours are four. Get we get four it. liter jugs. ICT is good enough that you should be drinking out of a gallon jug, like and straight out of a gallon jug. I will. I'll agree with Delicious. that. Delicious. I'll agree with that. All right, Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is good. No, uh, <laughs> we've said this before. We said this before. Like he is happy to be out of Buffalo, and he is in that prove it stage of okay. You had a good start, you know what I mean. You had a real good start when he came to Vegas last season. Now this is your first full season. Uh, you're playing with you know probably the best talent you played with your entire career, and you're not playing in crap ass Buffalo. That's for Tage Thompson to deal with now. That's not your problem. He's going to, I do, I think he's going to have a great year. Like I said, I drafted both Marcheseau and Mark Stone, and I think they're going to be playing with Jack Eichel. I think that whole top line is, you know, very draftable this year. After that, it gets a little dicey, and they're really late, later round guys for me. I think Jack Eichel is going to have a big season because he does want to prove it. He actually does. I'm sure he does. No, that's that's a great point, and I think it plays in their favor. There's a couple things to consider here at, just the way that last year went, you have to imagine there's a chip on every player's shoulder going into it. Like, you know, you want to stay healthy. You want to you want to prove what kind of team you really are. And then there's the Bruce Cassidy factor, man. Like, in Boston, he leaned on that top line. Jack Eichel will be on that top line. Those minutes, he was seeing 19-24 under Pete DeBoer. I'm thinking they're going back up to that, that you know, easily over 20. He was seeing 22 minutes a night in Buffalo, his his uh, 19-20 season when he had a 94-point pace. I don't know if they'll go that high, but I know he's going to chug power play time. Might even be on both units, a la you know, Ovechkin, that kind of thing. That's what they were doing in Buffalo. I think we're getting 21 minutes out of Eichel here, and I think him in particular is going to have the biggest chip on his shoulder. He wanted out of Buffalo because he wanted to play playoff hockey, and Vegas misses the playoffs. That stings. That's going to sting. <laughs> he wants to, you know, he, he's on a better team. Nobody's going to go against that. I, I, You know, anybody that says Buffalo is uh, is better than Vegas probably deserves an NHL.com job. And 
it's uh you know it's man he is gonna he's gonna come out he is gonna come out i like i think point per game is gonna be there we're betting on something that hasn't happened in three years and that's tough that's something tough but uh vegas is gonna come back as a better team they have a better coach i think expectations are very high for vegas coming into this year jack eichel my expectations are very high. I'm going to be cautious with this one, but what I like is that a lot of people have been fading him in drafts. You can you can find him in the third round sometimes, fourth round sometimes. I don't know where he went for you guys in this draft. That would be some useful information, but I, that's what I like about this guy. Like you know, if you're getting him in the second or the third, you're you you're at the very least you're returning value on your draft pick, and it, it can only really pay off. If he had the ideal season, he could honestly jump up to number five on this list, right? Like a couple of years ago, that's where we would be picturing him as like a top five center ahead of Barkov and ahead of Crosby getting older and all that. So he could be like, he's got a tremendous upside, obviously, right? He went in the third round, third pick. Yeah, he went in between Jack Hughes ahead of him. Yeah. Patrick Kane behind him. That's a great place to get him. Third round is just, that's ideal. Yeah, so I, I like Eichel there, and like I said, his his upside could be just humongous. All right, so that is our top 10. We'll go over it one more time. Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, JT Miller, Barkov, Crosby, Ajo, Zibanejad, Eichel. Honorable mentions here, 11 through 15, Elias Pettersson. Elias Pettersson, whatever it is, I'd rather get his name wrong than his position. Then there's Elias Pet- Lindholm, Braden Point, Jack Hughes, Mark Shifley. That is our top 15. <laughs> I'm coming out with all of them today. Fuck yeah, boys. Fucking quick draw McGraw. All right, everybody, that is our center rankings. You know, if you're really pissed off about something we're saying, you know, why did this center go so low? Don't leave a review. Just hit us up on Twitter. We're at FHF Hockey. If you guys are digging the show, digging the vibe, whatever it is, those are the people we want leaving reviews. So hit us up with five stars on Apple if you're digging it. Join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Find us on Twitter. Yeah, ham us up over there. So that's it for centers. We got D coming at you next, and we love yous. Love you. Love yous. Love yous.